0: Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt Splinning. On today's episode, I have somebody on the episode today that I'm very excited to talk to. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in.
1: My name is Krangus Gillespie. I was an intelligence analyst in 2010, serving in the Afghanistan theater for, I was the G2 analyst, all source. And then my second deployment, I was a CI het analyst, which they later called CHD.
0: Okay, excellent. And so would you say that military intelligence would be your area of expertise? Yes. Excellent. I feel like I'm a pretty knowledgeable person about military intelligence, maybe not to the extent that you are, but my understanding of military intelligence is that it all starts from the recruitment side of things, just like anything with the military. And you want to get the best possible candidates you can. And for military intelligence, it's not just your physical capabilities, not just your mental capabilities, but it's like this ability to combine them at long stretches and long periods of time. And so pretty in the past, what they would do is they would actively recruit at board game conventions. So you would get risk, stratego, these games where people are playing these games for hours on hours on end, highly competitive if they could as well. And then they would say, okay, well, this person was able to play 17 hours of risk. So they'll probably be able to like figure out and have the endurance to be a good military intelligence officer. But in the modern world, as our board games and as our video games have advanced, what I think that they've kind of recognized in this time period is that there's a lot of video games that you wouldn't necessarily think would have immediate transition into the world of military intelligence. So you have things like Civilization. Those games can be really good and also usually are played over a long period of time. Well, it might not be something you would expect initially. The game Undertale, played in a very particular and very uh, destructive mentality, is also something that can be a good indicator of somebody's success in military intelligence. And I think that with a lot of tech firms, they've taken this idea of this military intelligence board game life, so to speak, trademark, And they've kind of put it into their hackathons. And hackathons are basically just military intelligence land parties where people would just come together and be like, hey, this is our off time. We should probably rush up on our games of Risk and Stratego or whatever board game that they would ultimately be playing and figure out their gloom havens, maybe in the modern modern world. And things with a lot of rules. These games where you have to sit down for 30 minutes to an hour to really get the details of, like, this is how you play it. And that's really how they can tell that somebody's going to be good at military intelligence because during that 30 minutes to an hour, they're taking notes and they're figuring out the loopholes. And that's what you want from a military intelligence officer because you want to be able to read the dynamic of the culture and community but be like okay this is kind of how we can demonstrate ourselves and figure out what is best to advance our goals as a military force and in the in the tech world what happens is they use the hackathon kind of mentality of like how effectively can we go in and like figure out where all of these flaws are similarly how military intelligence is trying to figure out how there are flaws in an enemy campaign or an enemy military strategy or their own strategy itself. And then also with the G2, that's a subset. One of the things that people don't know a lot about with the military and with the government in general is a lot of stuff is compartmentalized. You don't necessarily get a lot of access. And then as I understand it, the G2 analyst is an analyst that specifically targets and focuses on professional wrestling in Japan. And <laughs> and because so we all we all know about the G1 climax and how it's new Japan's biggest event and how there's all of these different combatants trying to get together and get a shot at the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship but with the G2 it's an overarching thing of like looking at Japan as a whole and all of the different wrestlers and organizations and figuring out like Who's going to be the next big guy? Who's going to be the next ace in the <laughs> Japanese wrestling world? And so I think that that's a big thing that a lot of people don't know about, that our military has a component of, of making sure that we understand Japanese professional wrestling culture. Now, based on what you've heard so far, about how much of that would you say was accurate?
1: Man, what is this gotcha journalism? You nailed it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay, fantastic. <laughs> oh, holy shit.
1: I, uh, all right i mean i should add that i'm a i was an enlisted guy i, I oh. mean i mean i know that you got kind of off on a weird japanese re- i actually have a ribera steakhouse jacket in the other room we don't have camera but i got that okay uh, Very obviously i cool. was you were joking there but uh, no i mean as far as like the gaming thing i, I know what you you're like referencing and it seems a lot like urban myths about how the cia used to recruit i don't think that's ever been proofing Okay. I think all the CIA guys I ever knew, like they started in the military and then went contractor and then maybe got their degree in counterterrorism and then applied. I see. Just like any other job, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as the way I got in, it was—I mean, come on—I was in the Marine Corps. I was in the dumbest like branch you could be in. This is the way the recruiter got me because they basically make you take the ASBA, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: if you score above a certain amount, they go, "Well, we don't have a whole lot of people that do intel, so let's get this guy into that." And this guy he sees me as a 19-year-old kid, and he sees me, because it's like a used car deal. Okay. I have, like, little packets of different jobs you can do in the military. And he saw me looking at Intel, and he saw my eyes light up because he knew that I'm, like, a 19-year-old idiot that's like, oh, I'm going to be Jason Bourne. And he sees that eye light up, and he's like, oh, yeah, man bro, we're going to drop you off in Afghanistan and you're going to put a fake beard on you and you're going to be slaying bodies, bro. And I was like, sign me the fuck up, bro. (laughs) Yeah, that's how the recruitment
0: happened. (laughs) Yeah, there's a two-week intensive on the use of a pencil to attack people or a pen or whatever it was.
1: I mean, there are... The actual training definitely incorporates a lot of game, like uh, war game stuff, though. So, I mean, there is... Mm -hmm. It wasn't risk, but we would just make up our own... like the. For, for I went to Namitzi, which is the, the Navy Marine Corps Intelligence Training Center in Virginia Beach. And our FinEx was basically, we set up a deployment and we were all G2 analysts. And you cover, when you're at a, at a basic G2 shop, you're covering, you got targeting section, you got atmospherics, you have your COC that handles the day-to-day operations of our green forces. And you're trying to really just combine all that information, make an assessment of potentially predicting the future outcomes of what the enemy might do and then presenting that to a commander so that that commander can make the decision on what to do. That's pretty much the gist of it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So basically what you were doing is setting up like tabletop RPGs, but like in a military setting. Is that kind of accurate to say? Yeah,
1: I would say so. That's pretty, I mean, it's, it's a nerdy way to say it, but I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's like a like a game. And we were pretending that we're, yeah, and they would put us out in a tent, like we were actually on a deployment and they gave us a little, and then of course we actually did the job. Then That's, a, that's, an, that's doing all source. So that that's, you're getting all the intel from, you got signals and in intel where they're like listening in on radios or like phone conversations. And then you got human, which is like it, both, well, the Marine Corps combines counterintelligence and human, So that's where they're doing source information and uh, like interrogations. And then you have like your ground sensor platoons that monitor enemy movement. And then you kind of, again, you just combine all that information. My second deployment, though, I went, I was an analyst for a hedge, So that's the human guys. Okay. So then my job was to, I would help with the TQ, which is the tactical questioning that you do before the interrogation to establish what the, what the interrogatees' motivations are. Uh, and then from there, the interrogator can make basically from there establish what approach they're going to use when they go into the booth
0: mm-hmm. so that way they know whether or not they need to be good cop or bad cop or like offer them a donut or whatever it would be yeah
1: yeah i always thought it would be like really cool to be an interrogator but really like all the approaches that they learn it's all shit that our parents did to us when we were kids oh so, like,
0: like the like... we
1: know all approach where like you come in and you you, you You have like a folder of a bunch of crap that they, and you just say, yeah, we know about this, this, and this, and it it makes them scared. And then they just start admitting to everything. That's something that my mom did to me whenever I like snuck out of the house and came back. She'd be like, I know about this. And then I freak out and then spill the beans. So it's, 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 it's sexy until you realize, oh, like I already knew about this.
0: Right. Yeah. They're doing maybe not necessarily reverse psychology, but basically saying like, here's everything we know. And yeah. it feels so overwhelming that you're like, well, I guess they probably know everything. I may as well tell right. them, I may as well fill in the gaps. Yeah. That's that's really fascinating. What what part did you find most engaging or most like rewarding, if that is the right word to use? In the job. Yeah, in the in the think, job itself. What did you what did you enjoy the most?
1: I think it was making the making those assessments by making the connections between things, like finding out things. Because as an analyst, you do have the power to send out what's called SDRs, where you're basically source directive requirements, where you're sending, like, whether it's signals or human, you're sending, hey, like, we need to know about this. So when your next interrogation or your next source meet, ask this so that we can. And so, like, I think being able to make those connections and then basically being able to stop bad things before they happen. Right. uh, By being able to, everybody hates Intel because they act like we never have the right stuff, but that's typically because. The infantry units aren't trusting us enough to give us their intel, their side of it, so they think that operations drive intel, but if operations are driving intel, that's a a bad situation because that means they're going into everything blind. So being able to actually provide real intel and real assessments for the commander to make right decisions on, that was the most rewarding part.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like it, it sounds like it was probably fairly stressful. Would that be an accurate ascent? Like, or were there like periods where it was kind of relaxed and then there was like real crunch times or was it kind of oh, like, yeah. like a perpetual kind of stress?
1: Well, so like my second deployment, I was attached to an infantry battalion. So I, we're kind of like the nerds that get <laughs> fucked with. Yeah. You know, like you, you've known me as a comedian and I felt like I had this weird tough guy, like, persona that everybody looked at but it was like i was kind of like the little bitch in the marine corps i don't know why i look at me like that like, mm-hmm. i get that it's the marines but it, i wasn't that guy in my unit i was like the guy that i got tossed around all the time you know that yeah. wasn't but that wasn't that stressful the, the stressful part was the fact that like none of like signals and because everything's compartmentalized signal it was really hard to get all the sections to work together to release intel in and it's because intel only stays valuable for a certain amount of time especially when it's tactical level. If, and by tactical, I mean things that, okay, this guy's setting up a bomb over here. I, I need to know that now so that before, and if you're, if signals would be, they were the worst at it. They would send in these reports They were called tac ropes and they would send in these reports and it would say something like unidentified male conducted nefarious activities in an unidentified location with another unidentified And You're like, what? This doesn't tell me shit. Like, I know bad things are going on. I need to know when and where like and who.
0: Right. Yeah, you need to have. So it
1: was like, basically, you're giving me the black lines. And I'm like, man, like, this doesn't help because now you're giving me this useless information. And then this could have been saving lives for our own guys. And even like Afghans, like there really was like a winning the hearts and minds campaign. And like, we could be helping these people. And uh, you're not giving me the intel. But then on the other side our human guys were unwilling to give up our sources right so they would do the same thing and it was just a constant as an analyst you're the guy that's in between all that Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get them to work together and sometimes that's the stressful part is getting people to release intel to each other because they're stingy with it
0: absolutely yeah i can imagine that being like really difficult and like to the dynamic of like how you're presented or how you're like interpreted in different group dynamics. It's it's really funny because like one person's like, oh, I'm, it's 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 kind of like the going to a new high school dynamic. But like, if you went to a high school and you were picked on a bunch, but like you kind of got tough because like you had to like create this exterior that's tough. Then you go to a complete a, a, a high school that's like, it, it's, have you ever seen the OC? No. It's like the OC. I feel like what you experience is like, Basically, a perfect intersection with the OC. No notes, nothing different at all. I can understand that because I feel like uh, a lot of people experience that kind of in one group dynamic, they're one thing, and then in another group dynamic, they're like, "Oh, like I'm not being treated the same way," and that can be kind of kind of jarring if you're accustomed to it. Well, uh, also,
1: I was just talking about this that I was in when WikiLeaks happened.
0: Okay. So when that happened,
1: it made our job so hard because now okay. releasing any information to like cross like subsections of other areas became, it used to be just stick a thumb drive in it and we just trust you because you have a clearance. But then it became, you got to get like nine people to sign off on it just so you can get one PowerPoint slide.
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: again, Intel only stays valuable for a limited amount of time. So that, Between the sections and then having the Julian Assange thing happen at the same time, it was bad.
0: Yeah, I can can imagine. And I mean, with the compartmentalization too, right? With there's the idea that a a lot of people making that assumption about like, oh, you just get security clearance and you have access to everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, my family, they they were all, my family was all proud of me because they were like, our boy's going to be James Bond and then. Even I, when I first got to school, they gave us our our sippers, the like the secret server that you get on, and then J-Wits is the top secret. When I first got to school, I was like, "Mm -hmm, I'm gonna learn learn about JFK, (laughs) and then it's like, oh no, it's you get read into specific things that you need need to know. It's specific things that you need to know to do your job. You don't need to know. There's all kinds of stuff that you can get read into. It's all different programs. I'm not gonna. Some of the programs I was read into is still classified, so I'm not going to go into that because mm-hmm. I did sign a lot of NDAs when I got out. But uh, for the most part, it's most of the intel is it's it's just tactical stuff. Right. We're keeping this a secret so that the enemy doesn't know what we know about them. You know what I mean, like that's not right. It's not like you, you get your JWICS uh, password and then suddenly why the pyramids were built.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, they're not given. They're not giving away all the secrets in one fell swoop. You kind of it's kind of like a to use the you know, parlance of pyramids. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme. You have to kind of or like Scientology, you have to keep buying in and getting deeper and deeper. And then you get access to the the real juicy details about all of the aliens and their uh yeah, basically ability.
1: Scientology. That's right. The...
0: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah you, absolutely. Gotta,
1: you gotta pay for it so to... <laughs> exactly. I don't
0: know. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Krangus Krangus, this has been so fascinating and so insightful if people wanted to learn more about this topic or wanted to learn more about you where would you recommend they go
1: well i mean my website is www.crankus.com, and i'm a comedian that's just gonna give you tour dates and stuff and my videos but as far as like intel type stuff i think they've declassified a lot of you just go to the cia.gov i mean there's a, all their d class information is there if anybody's ever interested in seeing real like intel that's declassified because classification gets declassed every like 10 to 50 years depending on the level of it so they really they release that stuff it's out it's out there you know they they have the freedom of information Act. you can you can definitely look things up without having access to any of the servers that we used to have access to oh i forgot to mention one of the things in it I was hoping to bring it up, but it never got brought up. One of the things you might have appreciated that we did pretty regularly training wise, mm-hmm. we actually did debate. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never thought that would happen, but like in our, in our shops, when we were like practice and shit, we would do debating. Oh,
0: like that's you really argue interesting. The
1: affirmative and all that stuff. But it's so, yeah, that's yeah. the last bit.
0: Fascinating. Thank you so much. I feel like I learned so much and I can't thank you enough. My name's Matt Stores and this has been Matt